I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, everyone. Welcome back uh, to Ausbiz Live from our brand guru studios. Time for the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. Uh, I think it's the first time we've had uh, the team back together um, in 2024. Andrew Weiland of DP Wealth Advisory uh, up there in Toowoomba. How are you, sir? Oh, yes, the dynamic duo is back in yes. 2024. And his sparring partner, as usual, Henry Jennings of Marcus today. How are you, sir? Good, thanks, Koshi. Good. Good summer break and uh, it was, yeah, yeah it was. Good. I played uh, tourist guide this year, which was nice. Oh, My brother came out for the first time in 22 years. Noticed a few changes. Oh, from the UK, yeah. Uh, from yeah. from the last time I was out, I thought we'd got an awful lot richer. Oh, okay. As a country. Oh, that's as interesting. A city. Couldn't believe house prices. Yeah. Considering where he comes from in the UK was quite something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and lifestyle as well. And uh, lifestyle is just yeah. 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 Sometimes need. People like that to remind you, don't you? With all you our do win, to with remind, all our whinging. It's 35 years since I took that sliding doors moment and came to Australia, so never regretted it for a second. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, uh, this half hour we're going to take a look at Next DC Atlantic Lithium because we've got the Lithium Whisperer or no, the Lion Lithium Lion. That's right. Um, on the panel today, Emerald Resources uh, because we've got the ETF Whisperer. Uh, we have iShares Asia 50 ETF and BetaShares Japan ETF currency hedged uh, in this half hour as well. Um, stock of the day, thought we'd take a look at Nanosonics. Um, update today, it is confession season at the moment. You, <laughs> you sort of feel like running a clip of um, Game of Thrones when, um, when the nuns ring the bell going, shame, shame, <laughs> as you walk through the streets. Um, well, Nanosonics has really shamed its investors today. Uh, missing sales guidance for the first six months to December after total revenue fell over 2%, just shy of 80 million bucks looking ahead. Company sees revenue growth in the second half um, uh, with a half year profit before tax expected to come in just shy of five million bucks. So you can just see that big drop today on the uh, back of it down to $2.88. It's dropped about a third today, Henry Jennings. Um, what do you think of the update? <laughs> well, it was a down date, wasn't it? Yeah. Let's face it. Um, somewhat disappointing. Yeah. Um, I guess it puts an awful lot of companies on notice, not that they can do much about it because the numbers are the numbers, let's yep. face it. Um, but a 41% drop to $2.88. I mean, yep. that is that is huge. That yep. is an earthquake in terms of the Nanosonic share price. Um, you know, it did miss. Uh, margins were down. Gross margins, 79.7. Uh, expenses were up. Uh, everything that should have been up was down. Profit before tax was down at 4.9 million. So nothing was particularly good about the numbers, but 41%. Yeah. I mean, the question, I guess, if you're a shareholder, what do you do from here? Yeah. What do you do? What would you do? Well, um, 
That's a tricky one. I, I'd certainly, I don't think I'd be selling it if I was a shareholder, 41% down. It could get worse. There would be downgrades to come. The numbers did come out last night. They were out at 5.15 last night. So we have seen some downgrades already today. Uh, but the price targets they've downgraded to are still massively above where they are right. now. So yeah. you get the feeling that these guys have been savaged. It's still pretty thin and quietish out there. I know that we're supposed to all be back at work, but I think our heads are still in the on the beach yep. to some extent. Yep. So I think this one has got a little bit overdone. If you're a long-term believer in the Trofon story and the US expansion, clearly there's some timing issues and some of their sales have been affected by um, pullbacks in spending in the US then I think I'd be nibbling away at this. $2.88, you know, mm. it's most of the price targets now are three forty, three fifty, dollars sort of thing, uh, even after this downgrade. But it wasn't good. And it does send a shudder, I guess, through the market in terms of if you do not disappoint, if you disappoint in earnings yeah. season, this is what happens. Yeah. You know, you get absolutely savage. We saw it the other day with Liontown, uh, with the funding package. We've now seen it with Nanosonics. Do not disappoint out there. Um, Or if you do, you've got to find some good news to try and sugarcoat it a little bit because otherwise the market really does take no prisoners. But I'd be sort of starting to accumulate So so you'd accumulate it? Well, no, it's it's still fundamentally a good company. It's fundamentally a good company with a good product. They're making progress. Timing is an issue. Okay, so what it does is uh, has a machine that disinfects surgical instruments, does it, in hospitals, and it's sort of a cabinet. You stick it in and it disinfects. Yeah, it's like popping something in the yeah. microwave really yeah. you know and it kills all the germs um, yeah. so it, it's been very successful in the US but clearly not that, successful down to a five year low yeah. today yeah. on the back of this I would be probably nibbling away here $2.88 I think okay. there's you know there's long term value there okay Andrew uh, Koshi um, yeah an easy one to start with I appreciate that thank you <laughs> um, look I from my point of view I agree with Henry the only the only point of difference is probably the timing. So, you know, and Henry and I have spoken over the years about, you know, the three-day rule. It takes three days for good or bad news to wash through a company, uh, really. And, I mean, with due respect to Nanosonics, you know, releasing something after market yesterday, 5.15. I mean, it wasn't Friday, but, you know, after market, it's probably a little bit... Um, Anyway, um, from my point of view, I think there's probably at least another day of pain coming whilst we see some more downgrades filter on through. Plus, you know, even mums and dads coming home tonight going, oh, bother. It is a family-friendly show after all. Oh, bother. Uh, what has happened to Nanosonics, I, uh, I just need to sell. So I, I'm a buyer, but I'd probably wait till either tomorrow or more likely Monday, because, of course, Friday being a public holiday. Um and by that stage, hopefully most of the bad news is washed out. You may not be getting it as cheaply. Certainly Henry's right. buy today. Right. You could be potentially getting it cheap, but I suspect there's a touch more of the downgrades to come on through. It's a quality business, but to Henry's point, confession season is brutal and the market is not buying the hockey stick story of a big recovery in the second half. So it's a buy, but just give it a couple of days. Okay. So, okay. so but then... Uh, others on the call would say you never buy in a downgrade cycle. So this is the start of a downgrade cycle. Uh, you wait until the first um, upgrade or, or beat. Yeah, uh, and I guess we probably should preface as to how your other um, you know, uh, good-looking hosts are, 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 pitch, are pitching it. They may be long-term accumulators without right. trying to speak for Henry. 
I would suspect it's probably being he and I are probably a little bit more tactically focused. Right. You know, if you can pick right. it up at 280 and then it bounces back to 340, back to consensus, and you take your 20%, and that's fantastic. Um, whereas, you know, if you're longer-term accumulators, you know, sure, you'd want to see it sort of turn around. But again, we'll give Nanasonics the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. They're yeah. saying that yeah. it'll all turn around in the second half. And so potentially this is the bottom of the downgrade cycle. But uh, in my particular case, this wouldn't be a longer term hold. This is just being opportunistic. Baby, baby's being thrown out with the bathwater down 41%. Yep. Um, yep. You know, just wait for it to bottom, close to bottoming. So me, wait a couple of days, back to consensus, take my 20% in, you know, month, six weeks, whatever it is. Thanks very much. Yep. Um, Henry, do you get into anything? during confession season? Or do you wait until they confess? Um, because who would have seen this coming? Um, you know, if you thought of Nanosonics yeah. uh, two days ago, it was a pretty good company, they're in whack. Yeah, I mean, it's not one that's ever really appealed to me, right. uh, mainly because the price the market was putting on it and that growth. Yeah. But um, are you wary at this time of year though? Yeah, always. Right. I mean, the, the key, is always capital preservation. Yep. The key is to try and avoid the landmines. And you know, if you've got a diversified portfolio, you're gonna you're gonna get cop it every now and then with a landmine. Something's yep. gonna go off. Even a blue chip comes out with a shock, or some news comes out uh, that shocks the market. There's black swans everywhere. Yep. Um, the question, I guess, is how how you react to that that downgrade or even an upgrade if you're short. I mean, mm. let's not forget well, some RPM people are short. Global came out, out today and yep. shut the lights out. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's how you react, where you go from there. And of course, Andrew's right with the three-day thing. It does take a little while to wash out. We're on day two effectively because at least we've seen the downgrades from the analysts. Sneaking it out at 5.15 last night as if yeah. no one's going to notice it. Well, duh, yeah. that's never yeah. a good look. Yeah. Um, you know, that looks like you're trying to hide something. But... Um, 41%. I mean, everything has a price. Let's face it. Everything has a price. And it's a question of whether you as an investor see long-term value at 288 yeah. or whether you're going to worry about the next two days or whatever. Um, just depends on your time frame. Clearly, they've got some issues upgrading from Trophon 1 to Trophon 2. That's not happening as quickly. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I guess if you're sterilizing medical mm. instruments, if Trophon 1 does the job, yeah. Why do you need one that does it just that little bit better? It's like upgrading your phone. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm an iPhone 8 guy and it still works like a phone. It's just great. <laughs> <laughs> but then I look at the Samsung yeah. one yeah, 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 and yeah, the new right. one and it looks fantastic. And you think, oh, I should get one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, yeah. you know, it's two grand or something. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. All right. Okay, let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a look at. And Henry, uh, Julie wants your uh, view on NextDC, operates data centres, Australia, New Zealand. Southeast Asia, one of the biggest. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I'm probably the wrong person to ask on this one because I've never been a massive fan of, of NextDC. Clearly, you know, the more data we use, the more data we use. It's just getting bigger and bigger and yep. bigger. Um, there's no question about that. My problem is that it always seems to be uh, a lot of upfront costs in building these data centers. They're expensive to build. They've got to be, you know, absolutely perfect, pristine environments yep. to house all these servers. Um, you know, it has gone well, uh, mainly because part of the reason is because we've got a, a, a lack of tech stocks generally. Um, my problem with this, and it's a couple of other brokers have highlighted this, becomes a generic commodity data. 
Um, yeah. And you know, you've got the big boys, the Amazons, etc., muscling in, and it costs a lot of money. There's a lot of upfront costs with with Next DC. Uh, high interest rates obviously hurt them a little bit. High energy costs hurt them a little bit as well. There's no question the demands there. Um, if you've got it, I would hold it. It is one of the few tech stocks we have. But as I say, I'm probably not yeah. the best person to have asked okay. because. I've never been a massive fan because it just—I think it just becomes generic. You know, data is data is data. You store it in the cloud. You don't becomes really care. Becomes a commodity. You don't really care where it is anymore. No. I mean, you, it was the time when when you did care where it was because of you wanted security of you know you wanted to be able to drive by at ride or wherever and, and homebush <laughs> and say, well, oh, that's my data center. But yeah. now, everyone yeah. else is getting in on the act, so yeah. um, it becomes a commodity. Um, they, they, they do it very well, but um, yeah. Okay. Um, Andrew, are you a massive fan? Uh, Five-year high with the share price. Yeah, and in fact, I'm just looking at the chart back in October, you know, when it was 859 bucks, and equally so, there was mm. a whole heap of shorting taking place as well. So those people who were uh, selling the shares in anticipation of uh, further pain, uh, they themselves are, were in the world of pain. Hopefully, they've now got themselves out of it. It looks as though that sort of uh, shorting levels right back now. Um, and those clients or those um, viewers, who uh, shareholders who took up the share placement plan at 1080 back in May, they'd be feeling pretty happy with themselves today. So certainly, lots of positive. And I agree with Henry; it is a commoditized piece. But we also have to look at that demand for data and you know one of the things they're hanging their hats on is relating to increasing gaming uh be it you know your xbox and your playstation or you know subject to uh laws relating to online gambling and we'll talk about that a little bit later on today as well so there certainly is an insatiable demand for data but you know given the big rise it's had up what 44 percent for the year uh, I mean, that's just a stellar run. Uh, I think it's probably looking a wee bit expensive. It's trading sort of near consensus. Consensus is 15 bucks. It's around $14. So I wouldn't call this a screaming buy. Uh, in fact, I'm not even calling it a buy at all. It's a hold, but certainly... Oh, right. You wouldn't take, yeah, pro take profits if you've been in it? Uh, 40% a year. So again, Koshi, it depends on what frame we're looking at this. You know, Andrew, yeah. the tactical would be going fantastic. Yes, I would. Uh, but, you know, if you're a believer in that sort of longer term thematic around data usage and, you know, some of those drivers yeah. I was just talking about before, and it's trading 10% below consensus, like I'll give you a quick comparison, like uh, CBA at $114 and consensus is $91. You're going like oh. that's... That's pretty exy, but you know this is actually trading below consensus. So on balance, it's a hold. Okay. All right. Uh, our next stock, uh, Didri, wants to take advantage of the uh, um, the lithium line uh, on the panel today. Henry, um, she wants to be on Atlantic Lithium uh, portfolio of exploration development assets in Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire wherever that is. Cote d'Ivoire, that's in Africa as well. Right, okay. Quick, quick geography <laughs> lesson there. Um, thank you for the question. It's, it's always hard being labelled the Lion King because <laughs> the Lion or Lithium is so out of favour at the moment. It yep. is absolutely on the nose. Um, nobody loves it at all. It's um, We've seen this week the Lion Town funding package. This one is interesting, I guess. A 1-1 is the stock code there, as we see. Again, it's had a big, big fall. Um, it's interesting in that Piedmont Lithium, which is one of the largest shareholders in this one, um, sold a bunch of shares to Azor, 
which is now the 28.4% stakeholder in this one. Mm. And the lithium project, this is in Ghana, uh, Iwoya, uh, significant lithium project, uh, and it could be Ghana's first producing lithium mine. Now, when we look at what Wood Mackenzie said this week about the downgrade to uh, their long-term lithium pricing, they talked about more lithium uh, supply coming out of Africa, tick for A11 for Atlantic, and more lithium supply coming out of uh, China, of course. So um, it's it's a really hard sector at the moment. 28.4% shareholder, there is that possibility they will take the whole lot at some price. Uh, Piedmont is still their partner in the actual project, although not such a big shareholder now. So it does have some positives, but against that is the lithium price, mm. you know, which is in the toilet. Yeah, um, It has just been, since they put it on um, the futures market in China, it's just basically done that. Now, I could be a conspiracist and suggest that maybe there's some price manipulation here to ensure that China becomes the dominant force in the lithium and EV right. space, as they right. are becoming. Um, that would probably mean that I've been watching too much YouTube. Right. <laughs> um, so... You know, it, it's it's a hard sector. It's a tough sector. I think with Atlantic, given the, the shareholding and the way it's structured, I'd probably be a holder here. I would hold it. If you were looking at lithium stocks to buy, I probably wouldn't be looking at this one as a new investment. And I think you just need to still be patient in the lithium space until that price starts to show an uptick. Right. Because everything at the moment, that supply is not going to come on because it's all going to be uneconomic. Mm, mm. We saw it today with Pilbara, even Pilbara. You look at the prices they got, they had some delays at Port Hedland yep. from the October and November ship dates and they pushed it out to December. Made a massive difference, the pricing they got. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here at the moment, um, new technology coming along. But it's, see, every, every, everyone says this is a commodity, yep. like every other commodity. You buy it at its lows. And when it is at its lows, everyone's going, ooh. Oh, that, 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 <laughs> no, that, no, that's absolutely true. Um, the question, I guess, is, is it a commodity? Right. Or, or is it a chemical? You know, oh, yeah, is, is, is it just a chemical process? You know, right. there, there's no, if you look around the last year, the, the, the yeah. ASX and Canada and elsewhere is littered with lithium companies. Explorers have said, we found the biggest pegmatite or the biggest whatever uh, deposit in Ghana, yeah. wherever. So there doesn't seem to be a massive shortage of it. It's just the economics of how much is there to make it economic. At these prices, very okay. little is yeah. economic. Yeah. Very little is economic. And that's obviously going to affect supply, which in theory should affect the price back up. But there's, I think there's still more pain to come. We haven't seen the, the... In nickel, we're seeing those producers go, you know what, forget it. Right. Core Lithium has said... You know, we're not going to produce, we're not going yeah. to mine, we're going to use the stockpiles. Um, but I think there's more of that to come. Okay. Um, Andrew? Yeah, it's an interesting one. This one, uh, if I remember correctly, actually received two takeover bids from Asor at 63 cents um, and turned them both down. <laughs> so hmm. they're, uh, but it goes, you know, it's a different world, you know, lithium down 80%, all that type of thing. I think you'd be silly selling it at these levels. There's certainly, um, and I think Henry was talking about it in his newsletter yesterday, I think, uh, mate, you know, where you were talking about we're just waiting for that final capitulation moment. What's the final, you know, everyone just sort of drops everything and says this is way too hard. 
uh, and that's your opportunity. And I agree, I probably wouldn't be a buyer. I'd probably hold this one. But, you know, whether you do a Pilbara or, you know, without trying to sound too boring, hard I know. Um, ACDC, you know, it's down 4% for the year. Uh, that's that battery oh, lithium ETF. ETF. Oh, yeah. hmm. What's it called? Why oh, wouldn't you do an ETF? Okay. Um, and, but, you know, to, very briefly, it's a perfect example of why these ETFs are great. You know, when, when all these ones are shooting the lights out, it's not performing anywhere near as well. But equally so, when everything's going to poo, if I can put it so succinctly, then, you know, you're not copying it as badly either. So certainly, you know, there's three ways to, sorry, a couple of ways to play Pilbara or ACDC, but okay. certainly wouldn't be selling okay. this one. What is capitulation to you? What would you be looking out for, Henry? Well, I, I originally thought it was the Uber bull Macquarie chucking in the towel with their with their downgrades, and they've yeah. done that to, to an extent. It was a bit half-hearted. Um, I guess Liontown is part of that capitulation as well with the funding and the big drop that yeah. we saw there. Um, I think there's, there's closure of, uh, of projects. I think there's mothballing of projects. Um, I think that is part of the capitulation. Okay. I don't think we've seen it just yet. But we're close. I thought we've closed before. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, keep watching for that capitulation <laughs> moment. We'll bring it to you here. Um, our third stock, Brody wants to view Henry on Emerald Resources, the, uh, the uh, gold explorer with projects in Cambodia, Cambodia and has a sort of royalty agreement with some gas leases in the United States? Yeah, Emerald Resources is an interesting one, isn't it? Most of the gold stocks generally have been pretty weak, yeah. uh, despite the fact that the gold price is still above 2,000 US, 3,070 odd Aussie. Uh, Emerald Resources has been on, look at that. Yes. I mean, the, the, I don't fantastic. think there's any other gold company you could probably yeah. name that has done so well. They are doing a takeover at the moment for uh, a company called Bullseye. Uh, where right. they've got around 77 odd percent of that um, so that's I guess helping a little bit but you know you look at that the drilling results this morning were good the whole Cambodia thing looks good um, there's nothing wrong with it but I, I guess if, I, if it was me and I had them look at that seven eight thousand percent in the last mm. five years if that's correct I think I'd be just taking a little bit off the top there Take um, just yep. taking some profits in that one Every other gold miner, as I say, has, has been struggling to some extent, despite the fact the gold price is good. Yep. Uh, but Emerald keeps producing good drill results. Mm. Got some more drill results today. Again, good. The stock's up again. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's got a good project, clearly. But it's run really, really yeah. hard yeah, yeah. Um, against okay. the trend to some Take extent. Some profit. Take some profits. Take some profits. Uh, at the other end of the gold scale, Northern Star reaffirmed its guidance today, which, yep. were, which was a good thing. Which was a good thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, good increase in um, share price today. Uh, Emerald Resources, Andrew, what do you think? Koshi, we covered this back in March 2023. I know you remembered the date. I didn't yes. want to embarrass you with that. But uh, at that stage, the daily, uh, sorry, the um, three monthly average of daily trades was $400,000 a day. So, you know, okay, it's now $4.7 million a day. So right. call it the last um, 12 months, we've had almost a tenfold increase in trade, which again supports why the share price is sort of really on a big tick up as well. And the fundamentals stick up, you know, they're pulling it out of the ground for around $1,300 an ounce and selling it for around $1,900 an ounce. Mm -hmm. And they've accumulated now $130 million worth of gold and cash 
that they're holding. So, you know, it's a, it's a great business. But to Henry's point, uh, consensus on it is two dollars sixty-five, and where are we at the moment? About three twenty, three thirty. So, uh, in this environment, you know, it probably would be prudent to take some money off the table. But uh, overall, they seem to be doing a, a really good yeah. job of managing it. And on yeah. any pullback, you know, you'd certainly be having a good look at it. Yeah, well run. All right, Andrew, uh, let's get into your wheelhouse whisperer. And James wants a view on the iShares Asia 50 <laughs> ETF. Look at him go. <laughs> He's excited. <laughs> He's excited. <laughs> And I'm not Big Kev, even more excitingly. So the first one is, <laughs> the first one, as we said, is uh, IAA. Um, and in essence, what you're doing there is you're just giving yourself exposure to the 50 largest companies that are domiciled in either China, Hong Kong, South Korea, Singapore, and Taiwan. Uh, so on face value, it sounds interesting. Uh, but again, if we sort of then think about what I just said, one third of this ETF is China. And, uh, you know, for all the pain that China's going through, I mean, they were talking about yesterday uh, about um, actually almost having like a, a supporting the stock market, what they call it, the plunge protection team. For those of us who remember the um, Asian financial crisis, uh, whereby didn't they end up buying the um, Hong Kong government at the time, ended up buying about 15% of the Hang Seng and yep. made a mozza, I might yep. add, at the end of it. But, you know, sort of sort of brought back memories of that. But, you know, um, Chinese markets ended up 0.4%. They were a bit underwhelmed by that. So certainly that big exposure to China would be a concern to me. Also, it's 43% IT. Now, again, we certainly like IT, but I'd probably be more inclined to be thinking about some of those other names that have been pushing the S&P 500 along. Um, you've got names in there like uh, TSMC, which I might add is 20% of the index. So if you have a pullback in chip manufacturing, you're going to be in the world of pain. Samsung, as we just heard before, they've got a new phone out. They're up about 12% and 10 cent, 10 cent is 10%, luckily. So uh, look, on balance, I can think of probably more... Um, about to talk about one in a second uh, that I'd be sort of inclined to be looking at for my Asian exposure. There okay. will become a time for China, okay. but not at the moment. So okay. I'm out. Out, Henry? Well, the whisperer has said it really, hasn't he? Yep. Let's face it, I've dominated with all my rubbish that I've been talking about in these other stocks. He's nailed it. Okay. Um, it is very China-centric. China's at a five-year low. They are trying to pump money in. And I do remember the Asian crisis. Uh, quite well, unfortunately. Um, so, um, would I be buying it here? Probably not. I think, no. I think the next okay. one on our list is is interesting in a, in a slightly different way. Um, I guess you're getting a broad brushstroke of Asia, but it is predominantly that that China focused. And it hasn't been great, has it? No. And I, I'm not sure slinging 280 billion bucks at it to support the market is the answer. I think okay. there's other issues they need to solve. All right. Well, let's go on to that uh, other one. Um, and Andrew Jarrett wants a view on BetaShares Japan ETF currency hedged fund. Uh, Japan, as you um, used the term earlier, has been in the toilet for about two decades and its share market has as well. Now it's just crept up to a record high. Has a, has a Japanese yeah, it, share market is huge. We spoke about not this particular one, but as a thematic Asia or Japan rather about 12 months ago from memory. And uh, yeah, Nikkei just hit uh, another 35 year high there a couple of days ago. And yeah, Japan's going along really well. And in part, Koshi, it's the valuation. It's pretty simple. 
Um, the average Japanese share, it's a broad brush statement, but the average Japanese share is only trading at around 16 times earnings. So it's trading at you know, 20, 25% discounts to sort of the broader MISCI index, uh, the global index. So you know, even just on a valuation basis alone, you can see why people are in there sort of buying it. And they've got names of this BetaShares product. You know, they've got shares in there. You know, they've got Toyota and they've got Sony and they've got Mitsubishi. So you know, there's, there's plenty of reasons to consider being involved. It's also hedged. So if you're worried about where the dollar's going and you've got no idea where the dollar's going, and with due respect, none of us know where the dollar's going, that sort of takes away that pressure point as well. So probably the only nasty, and nasty is probably a bit extreme, the only thing to consider is that to make it into this ETF, even though it's Japanese companies, they've actually got to earn most of their revenue outside Japan. So if you think about the names I just mentioned, you know, Toyota selling cars and Sony selling PlayStations and all that type of thing. So the only other one to consider would be IJP from um, iShares, from BlackRock. Um, but certainly I'm very comfortable with this. I've got clients in this. It's done very well. So I'm happy to keep buying this one. It's a buy. Mm, okay. Henry? Um, I, I guess it's kind of funny, isn't it, how US-centric we become and we never... Yeah. glance to uh, one of our biggest trading partners which is Japan um, and for many years was our biggest trading partner yep. this thing has been you know doing nothing Japan has been mm. asleep for a long time but then when you have interest rates in the US and elsewhere four or five percent and Japan is zero you can kind of see why these guys it's it's important to, <laughs> to have some Japanese uh, exposure and the, yep. the very weak yen has ensured that most of my friends seem to be in Japan skiing. Right. They're not in Whistler or, or yeah. wherever or, or in no. uh, the US because Mark that's Mark Morland too, that's got a flight there last night from Team Invest for the very first time. There you go. Because of that very reason. There you go. <laughs> and, and I've got to say, I've been to the Seiko and it was great. I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah. So um, there's a lot to like about this. Toyota as well, the biggest holding. They haven't been sucked in like other car manufacturers to this whole um, EV thing. They've been yeah. very much focused on hybrids. In fact, they've kind of hedged themselves with, with hybrids, hydrogen-powered cars as well they're talking about, and ICE, mm. uh, common or garden petrol cars. So there's a lot to like about this. I guess the question comes down to, and it's the same question with the US market. Here we are, Japan's at a 35-year high. The Dow is at eight, you know, thirty-eight thousand record. Yep. record highs. Do you buy stuff at record highs? I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, the, the Chartists will go with the momentum, but there are rumblings that the Bank of Japan, with a new man at the tiller, uh, may change interest rate settings a little bit. They didn't yesterday, yep. but there is a possibility they might raise it to a quarter of a percent positive. <gasps> oh. You know, for as long as I can remember, Japan has had no inflation, no population no. growth, not much growth, and zero interest rates. Yep. And a market that did absolutely nothing, still recovering from the 80s. And now here we are at 35 year high. I'm not sure I'd be piling in here. Uh, see, the, the other thing is with interest rates coming down, usually interest rates come down because economies are stagnating and yeah. need, need stimulus, which Everyone keeps forgetting about that, oh, interest rate, cuts are coming. Well, yeah. if cuts are coming, it's because the economies... And, and, and they t well, we talk slow. about you know, high interest rates. Yeah. Historically, 4% not high. is actually not that high. It no. puts a, a proper price on money 
as opposed to chucking it away for free yep. and ending up with you know pictures of gorillas that you can buy on NFTs. Mm. So or apes rather. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, you know, it's four percent is not high. Okay, it's a return to normality. All right. So are you going to buy at record levels? No. Right. But you hold. If you got it, why not keep holding for the ride? But if you're new to this, you okay. probably missed Japan, missed it. as okay. have most media and commentators. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's uh, recap the first five stocks. Stock of the day, Nanasonics, after its disappointing update today. Share price down 41% this morning. Uh, Henry has it as a nibble. Um, Andrew has it as a buy, not today. Wait until Monday. Andrew's three-day rule, let it all wash through, and then maybe look at Monday. Good company, disappointed market reaction, you know, in Henry and Andrew's view, uh, certainly down 41% overdone. Uh, next, DC, a hold from both Atlantic and Lithium, uh, a hold from both Emerald Resources, take profits from both iShares Asia 50 ETF, a no from both, uh, but the uh, beta shares Japan ETF currency hedge, uh, a buy from Andrew, a hold from Henry at these record high levels. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fund as picked by the investment committee. Uh, you can see the December uh, committee meeting on osbiz.com. Go to the platform there. Uh, no committee meeting in January, one coming up in February. Uh, going into December, the portfolio sold out of ResMed, um, or added rather, ResMed Car Group and Johns Ling took profits on West Farmers, RPM Global and MA, and the fund up 19%. Um, in this half hour, Tyro Payments, uh, Telex Pharmaceuticals, Ainsworth Gaming Technology, uh, Babcorp and Macquarie Group, the old alma mater of Andrew and Henry. All right, uh, Zane, Andrew wants a view on Tyro Payments, the um, sort of S. EPOS machines for small business and, and business lending. Yeah, and again, in, to, in uh, Henry's newsletter today, that's two mentions I've given you now, um, you know, talking about when was the last time you used cash, and I literally yeah. cannot remember the last time I used cash. We, we, had uh, a, so we, certainly. we had a terrible issue with all the family um, staying over Christmas. One of the grandchildren lost a tooth. Oh, no. No one <laughs> had any cash for the you-know-who. Uh, the only thing we had was 10 bucks. It came out at 10 o'clock at night, oh, 8 o'clock at night. So it, could, it couldn't go down. So all of a sudden, uh, inflation for the um, tooth under the pillow went through the roof for that very point. And we had 16 people staying in the house. No one had Andrew, No one had cash. <laughs> and you've also now created a precedent for yourself I know. as well. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We did discuss so, that. <laughs> hopefully that was not the first of 32 teeth. Otherwise, <laughs> your crush household is going to be very poor. Anyway, uh, back to Tyro. So uh, that's so certainly from a demand point of view, Henry's bang on. You'd have to think there's going to be big demand for them. They have been pretty underwhelming. Um, mm. And you may recall they actually had two takeover offers dollar 20 and a dollar 60 back in 2022 and uh, they batted those away and i'm sure shareholders aren't so happy about that we now have a new ceo so of course koshi the another andrew rule apart from the three-day rule is how do we feel about new ceos 
Mm, not good. The amber light. Yep. The amber light. We're, uh, we're, we're a bit cautious. Uh, new, nothing wrong with new CEOs. They certainly are sort of cleaning house, but equally so, with due respect, they're also trying to pin everything on the previous person. So in 18 months' time, they go, how good am I looking with uh, I've turned this place around? So certainly we're, I'm a bit cautious around that as well. I then sort of just do a deep dive on the numbers and go a 1% return on equity, a question that was had in the uh, Marcus Today forums recently is around return on equity and why is that important? Well, you know, you look at a company like Wes Farmers driving a 14 15% return on shareholders' funds. What are they doing with your money? Tyro with your money is making 1%. Hmm. We're talking about hmm. money and cash, you can get 4 or 5%, and they're working on a 0.4 of 1% profit margin. So, look, and, and probably the final nail in the coffin for me is, you know, when companies are starting to talk about buybacks because they believe their shares are undervalued, which is fine. I mean, I understand the methodology. But are you saying, therefore, that you have no other um, choice or options to use shareholders' money but rather than buy back shares, you've got no other growth initiatives that you can come up with. So I, there's a number of sort of flashing lights for me. So certainly it's it's a hold at best. It's pretty underwhelming. Okay. Henry? Um, I, I've got to say I'm going to be a little bit more positive on this one than Andrew mm-hmm. for, for Zane. Um, you know, there, there's a little bit happening in financial payments markets at the moment. And, you know, as you say, the tooth fairy... Oops, sorry. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, kids. Um, didn't have any cash. I, yep. I must admit, I got a jar full of change, which I need to take somewhere and, and get rid of it. Um, and probably donate it to charity would be a good thing to do. Maybe I should do that. Um, but um, Tyro, Mike Cannon Brooks owns a big slug of this. Potentia were, I think, a dollar sixty, and they walked away. Uh, Westpac were also potentially interested, uh, but they walked as well. Uh, Potentia had an, uh, a problem with how long it would take to transfer the banking license, and they also saw a deterioration in the domestic economy. Now, I'm not sure we're seeing that. The thing that is also creeping up on uh, in lots of places, which really annoys me, is discretionary tipping uh, being added to the bills. Yep really annoying yep. suddenly your bill's 15 percent higher it is discretionary you don't have to pay it but no. geez you, you're yeah, pretty well, embarrassed the three buttons are 10 15 and 20 now yeah exactly exactly so that's annoying but also the fact that we are seeing that in the old days the charges used to just be really for amex yeah. or diners club they used to penalize you a bit more for amex and diners club but now the charge seems to be kind of across the board visa and mastercard but with the every time you book mm. and everybody books yeah um so I'm kind of stirring to this one. We've seen a massive rise in Zip, huge. Um, they were my advent calendar yes. tip back in December. Everybody looked at me as if I was balmy. Yep. Um, they've doubled yep. in, in six weeks, which is, is extraordinary. Um, I, I think this one's got potential. EML payments mm. is coming out of the doghouse as well. Yep. Um, Getting rid of uh, the I'm, Irish yep. question. Um, so this one is stirring some interest in Ooh. me. I think there's, there's a price. And maybe that's under a dollar. There has been corporate interest in the past, and I, you know, I just think it's inevitable. We are not using cash. Yeah, we're pretty close we're, to a dollar. Uh, one hundred nine or something. Yeah, so that's nine yeah. percent. So that, that's enough at the moment to you know pick pick your days maybe. But yep. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't discount this. Buy one. under a dollar. Buy under a dollar. I'd say at the moment, and maybe we'll get us some corporate appeal. And Mike Cannon Brooks maybe have some other things on his minds at the moment, but. Yep. Um, you know, he'll be back. He'll be agitating okay. for some change, a new CEO, etc. Could happen. Right. 
Okay. All right. Let's go and uh, run the ruler across Telex Pharmaceuticals. Uh, the heart wants a view on that biopharmaceutical company, uh, uh, drugs in the cancer area, but also uh, they've got clinical trials for reno, um, uh, bone marrow conditions. So it's got a, a real portfolio of drugs that it's going through trials at the moment. Vaha says, like to know what the experts think about its recent announcement about listing in the US. History is littered with examples of Aussie companies who tried to expand or list overseas were burnt badly. Though on the other hand, to attract more capital, it seems to make sense for them. What do you think, Henry? Well, I think there's a difference between listing overseas and expanding overseas, the, the two, yep. thing, two things are different. You know, Atlassian is listed overseas, certainly hasn't kept them in check, is it? They've just gone ramping higher. Canva, which is, you know, the, the, the poster child, yep. um, they're looking at listing on NASDAQ at some stage. Yep. So I don't think the listing itself is an issue. Obviously, it does give them access to more capital. I have to say, I, you know, I liked Telex. Yeah. Uh, the Elucic um, prostate uh, treatment they've got, $502 million in revenue, up 214% cool. in uh, 2023. And that is not the only drug they've got. Yeah. They've got a whole pipeline, a whole suite. And I guess this goes back to Nanosonics. If, if you're a one-trick pony and your pony starts to hobble a bit, you know, it gets put down mm. 41%. Whereas if you've got Telex Pharmaceutical, okay, it's, it's predominantly Elucic at the moment, but it's got other tricks to its, you know, in its bag. So, um, and that's what you do is you expand your pipeline, you expand your drugs, and you use that yep. technology to keep going. So I don't mind this one. It's run relatively uh, hard recently, which is a bit of a shame. But um, yeah, no, I, I like At these tennis. levels? At these levels, Why? I'd really love to see a pullback, but you know, probably it's an accumulate here because it probably won't pull back if the US keeps on trucking, okay. but it's definitely a hold. Um, and I think it's one of the, the success stories we have in our biotech sector, of which we do have, you know, yep. we, we, we punch above our weight. We sure do, some great companies. Yeah, and you're in pharmaceuticals, yeah. all that, it's, it's good. Uh, Andrew, Telex? So uh, my mate Henry and I, you would recall again, Koshi, April 2023, again, I won't ask you for the date, uh, we called this as a buy at five bucks. Oh, so uh, we... We fast forward uh, eight months, and uh, here we are today at 11, and I still think it's a buy. It's certainly okay. not as compelling as a buy as it was back in April, but certainly uh, fundamentals still stack up. You're only being asked to pay 37 times earnings, which for a biotech is actually reasonably cheap. Uh, you've got the fact that the CEO owns 7% of the company, and they're still in there buying more, which again, you know, we like the fact when insiders are buying, that's a really positive sign. Uh, and consensus is around 14 bucks, and we're at the moment, we're about 11. So for everything that Henry just said, plus hopefully a couple of uh, my sort of pithy comments, um, it's a buy. Okay. All right. Uh, next one, uh, Emily wants a view, Andrew, on Ainsworth Gaming Technology. I was sort of... Um, came about after a, a family dispute um, over aristocrat, didn't it? Some of the family said, okay, we'll go and start, um, start up our own shop of making poker machines and the like. And shareholders and AGI are thankful that they did that. Uh, where are we? We're up 35% for the year and up over the last five years, we're up about 12% per annum. Probably the 
the only so it's it's a gaming company obviously and it's got a, a strong north american and latin american focus albeit all the stuff that's going on in argentina at the moment is doing them no favors um probably the key issue koshi is it's just hard to get set and what I mean by right. that, it's a, a five, right. call it a five hundred million dollar company. There's twenty six thousand dollars a day on average that's going through, so it's pretty hard to actually get any meaningful position in this. But um, you know they're they're doing all the right things. Pricing isn't too bad from a, uh, a PE perspective. It's only around sixteen times earnings. I mean, those uh, investors who have that ESG frame, that ethical social governance frame, they're going to be a little bit concerned about mm. this, as they would be with things mm. like Endeavour, et cetera. So it's certainly not saying it's a bad company. I'm just saying different people have different sort of uh, lenses. So if you've got an ESG lens, you'll probably struggle. Uh, they're spending a fair bit of money on research and development and some of their and I can't, they've a couple of, um, of their um, gaming platforms are going pretty well at the moment here in Australia and about to be rolled out into the US as well. So I like it a lot. Probably the only thing is it's just hard to buy them because there ain't a lot of them about. So okay. if it was to pull back a little bit, because consensus is a dollar twenty odd, if they were to sort of fall back into that one twenty, one twenty five, it'd be a buy. But otherwise, it's a good, it's a good business. It's probably just a touch expensive. Okay, so I hold for okay. you. Um, better than Aristocrat. Oh, I like Aristocrat better, but what's it up thirty two percent this year? Like yeah. as in this calendar. Year? Here it's just roaring along at the moment. Um, if I had to choose, I'd probably choose Aristocrat simply by virtue of the fact that you can get set. Yeah, you know, you can actually right. buy it. Um, but um, e either or, but on balance, if you're saying today choose one, it'd be Aristocrat. But there's certainly nothing wrong with this. It's probably just the valuation's probably a bit pointer. Henry, I would have to agree totally with my good friend Andrew. Uh, it is it is hard to get set this one, AGI. I think the interesting thing is just looking at their website. And they, the website's called AGT Slots. Oh, right. So that kind of says it all, doesn't it? Um, you know, so very much very US. American. Very American, uh, very US focused, slot machines, etc. It is a shadow of aristocrat. You know, it's half a billion market cap instead of $28 billion yep. market cap. So it is a shadow, you know, it's a little, kid compared to big mummy and big daddy um aristocrats gone really well you've got to close your eyes to the whole slots yeah. issue and yeah. esg of course is a, is a big component which is what we keep keep saying we just talk about investment potential here because everyone's ESG everyone's field different. Is different everyone is different some yeah, people yeah. so will, you put your own over. yeah some people will yep. just say you know money is money let's you know let's forget yeah, yeah. about the um the ESG but not side like coal or no. People reverse and say don't like uh, gaming, yep. but not worried yep. about cult. So you put your own over. So you put your own filter over it. And if you're comfortable with, with uh, gaming companies per se, then these two, Aristocrat and AGI, certainly two of the best yep. uh, good products. They've got a new uh, machine, Raptor, I think it's called, mm. uh, whatever, um, are coming. So that's gaining some traction. They're making the cabinets for that. That's rolling out in North America, okay. the slot side of things. So, um, yeah, nothing wrong with it. What, what would you have it as? Uh, it's well, it's definitely a hold. The problem is, as Andrew says, the volumes are not massive. Um, it's hard to get set. So that, that's always a problem. Yep. You, you, you know, you get an institution that wants to move 100,000 shares, you can knock it 10%. Yep. Um, equally, if they want to buy 100,000 shares, you can push, push it up 10%. So right. bear that in mind. But yeah, All definitely right. a hold. I just find today's poker machines too complicated. 
bring back just the one arm that you pulled yeah. down and let it go around. The nudging. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Wasn't nudging in I was the at account. our local RSL the other day and just could not figure out how to work the poker machine. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And it just went back to watching the cricket. Yeah. I was so bored with the cricket. I thought, oh, <laughs> try out the poker machine. Um, Rachel wants a view, Andrew, on Babcorp. Um, which is our biggest automotive spare parts and accessories uh, group here in Australia and also New Zealand. What do you think of Babcock? Sorry, I'm still trying to process Koshi standing there with a beer in hand trying to work out how to use a poker <laughs> machine. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure someone would have helped him. <laughs> you got to push all these buttons. It was just, anyhow, ridiculous. <laughs> Anywho, um, look, I, I don't mind it. Um, certainly, you know, from if we were concerned about the economy and people uh, not necessarily not necessarily trying to buy new cars, which we know is somewhat of a nonsense given new car sales, but you know, trying to service their own cars and so forth, you'd think that'd be a positive. The key, key thing, and you can see it there in the chart on the screen, share price fell in a heap after the AGM. The market certainly mm. wasn't very um, mm. positive around that. And as a consequence, we're now only trading at around 12 times earnings relative to the market, which is 16 times. So in other words, you're getting it potentially at a 25% discount to the market. And it's trading well below consensus. Consensus is around seven bucks, and here we are today at five. It's okay financially, like it's 11% return on equity. It's all right. 6% margin, considering uh, the types of products they're dealing with, it's okay. Um, you know, is it sort of lighting my fire? No, but you know, you're going to do yourself harm buying it after the downgrade. You're going to do yourself less harm, but equally so management really have to deliver, you know, post the AGM, things will be better, you know, the old hockey stick. So on balance, I'd probably wait and see if there's a second downgrade coming. But if you wanted to have, you know, my friends talk about the nibble, now's probably not a bad time. Okay. It's certainly better than buying okay. in October. On right. balance, I'm a hold, but i feeling a bit excitable. Have a nibble. Okay. All right, Henry, they own Autobahn and Midas are the brands that everyone knows. Yeah, uh, they are. Uh, of course, the competition is super cheap. Cheap, yep. Uh, which we had the results or partial results out of court, a bit of an update the other day, which was pretty good. Um, but boating, camping and fishing and MacPac kind of leading that yep. to some extent. Bapcor, not for me, I have to say. There's a couple of um, red flags. I got out of it a little while ago. Um, a couple of red flags. We saw a director resign just for just after Christmas, non-exec director, so not, nothing particularly nasty. But the CFO also left the other day. So mm. um, that's just a little bit of a red flag. Also, when you look at, you know, we're, we're buying lots of cars. There's no question that Australia is buying lots and lots of cars, a huge amount of cars really, considering for such a small country and new cars flying out the door. But a lot of those new cars are EVs and with the innovated yep. leases and all this sort of stuff. Now, EVs don't need the same servicing. They don't need the same parts mm. and, and, and that side of things that ICE cars do. Mm. So, you mm. know, long term, um, you know, they still need shampoos and polishing and all that sort of jazz, although why you'd polish a Tesla, I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think long term, that is a, significant, a okay. little bit of a concern. Also, if the consumer does slow down, and we've been talking about this for a while, you know, maybe you're not going to get your car service quite so often. Maybe mm. you're not going to do just that little thing extra. Um, so for me at the moment, just okay. not for me. I was fascinated about two weeks ago, Hertz yeah. put up 20,000 their EVs for yeah. auction because they're too expensive to run. 
Well, that, well, uh, to maintain, and and they're too expensive to repair. Yeah, you know, repair. You, that's right. And you know, yeah. the best performing car in the entire universe is always a higher car. Yeah. It's the only car you can put into reverse when you're doing hundred miles an hour <laughs> and get away with it because they always check the bodywork, but they never check everything else. Right. Uh, and and higher cars, you know, notoriously get bashed and smashed around, etc. Yeah. Um, and they are very expensive to repair. Yeah. All those yeah. sensors so in the bumpers, etc. Um, very expensive. So you know, Hertz took the decision. They got in early. And to be, I think they sold them really badly yeah. in terms of you know how they marketed the yeah. whole electric vehicle experience. It should be you know a fun experience, but the US still doesn't have the infrastructure to support no, it. No, and exactly. Marketed badly and copying it as a result. Yeah. All right, um, Andrew. Uh, another Andrew wants your view on your alma mater, Macquarie Bank. Um, banking, financial advisory, bit different to the big four banks because. It's a lot more entrepreneurial. It's sort of like an investment bank, but has a big uh, loan book now, home loan book. Yeah, uh, the Holy Donuts. Um, the you know, uh, and again, you know, Henry and I have recounted our origin stories previously, so I won't put yeah. people through that again. But um, it's around fifty-six percent annuity style income now. So again, you know, being an investment bank. Just got to be careful with any type of investment bank because you know their their business is transactionally focused. It's going to be sort of ride and fall where markets are, whereas the the style of uh, earnings they have now it's still somewhat um, volatile. But if you've got 50, 60 percent of the earnings somewhat predictable, that certainly takes a bit of the pressure off the valuation and gives you a bit more comfort buying them. Um, I still like them a lot. Uh, probably the only thing is the valuation. It's trading in line with consensus. Consensus is about 183 bucks. They're about 186 at the moment. So inevitably, uh, each year there's a pocket of bother. You know, the share market falls 5, 10, whatever percent for whatever the uh, the geopolitical crisis or what the black swan event. And when, you know, Macquarie goes back to 160, that's the time to be sort of filling your boots up. Yep. Uh, it's a yep. really well-run business. The um, employees are fully incentivized to ensure that it's their, their interests are aligned with employees, uh, sorry, with shareholders rather. And it's very few companies that actually have done it as well as Macquarie. So it's a hold at these levels on any market weakness and this comes off, you'd be having a good old crack. But so it's buy, buy around 160. Henry? Yeah, uh, 160. Yeah, I'd have to agree with, with Andrew. I mean, it's a quality company, quality management. Shimera has done a fantastic job. Um, interestingly, BlackRock did a deal buying a global infrastructure company, which kind of has some look-through implications for the valuation because Macquarie is massive in mm. the infrastructure space. Yep. Um, so it has some look-through implications for that and did make Macquarie look a smidge cheap. Uh, mm. Obviously, there's there's vast amounts of money in the world. You yep. know, I know we talk about debt, um, but there, there is yeah. huge amounts of money stored in the world, and in, it's all looking pension funds, pension funds, funds, funds sovereign yeah. wealth funds. Yep. You know, just huge amounts, and they're all looking for assets that match in terms of duration. Yep. You know, these these pension funds need to find something that's going to match. Uh, when people actually retire and need the money. So they're looking for long duration assets. Infrastructure is brilliant for that because they are long duration assets. And Macquarie Class Act, it's run a bit hard for me to be piling in at these levels, I have to say. Also, I guess a lot of the money was made from uh, commodities mm. with Nico Kane just killing it. I'm not sure the, the, the environment has been quite so benign, but I guess we'll find out. Right. They've got a March year end, so uh, we get the numbers in May. But um, yeah, quality company, it's definitely okay. a hold. 
you know, it, it trades from 160 to 200, it's 186. So, right. you know, the, the upside's maybe eight, 9% yeah. from here. But the US investment bank's doing okay. Yeah. US market's doing but, okay. But as Andrew said, there, there are times when it does drop down to the oh, 160, are. 170. It's a bit like when CSL dropped to 230. Yep. Almost every year, something it has weeks. So it, you just put on your list to buy when it, it gets is, down. It there. is all about timing. Yeah. It is all about timing. And it's all about price yeah. at the end of the day. The only two prices that really should interest you are the price you buy at and the price you sell, sell out. Yeah. Everything else is noise. Okay. Let's recap the uh, final five stocks. Tyro, no from Andrew. Um, if you can get Tyro under a dollar, it's a dollar nine at the moment. Uh, Henry would be interested to buy. Um, Telex Pharmaceuticals, a buy on weakness from both uh, Henry and Andrew. Ainsworth, a hold from both. Babcorp, a hold from uh, from Andrew. A no from Henry, who's a bit concerned with a non-director, non-executive director and the CFO uh, leaving after Christmas. And Macquarie Bank, a hold from both. But if it gets down to that 160 mark, that's when you start putting Macquarie into your portfolio. Andrew Wyland from uh, DP Wealth Advisory in Toowoomba. Good to see you, mate. Thank you kindly. Thanks, Koshi. Thanks, Henry. Henry Jennings from Marcus today. And uh, as Andrew, I think, mentioned about two or three times, and I do every morning as well, read Henry's newsletter for <laughs> his pre-market update, um, which is good. So uh, uh, also, um, go to marcustoday.com.au if you want any more information and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, that's it for us for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us on X using the at TV handle. Add all the comments and questions you like. That makes it even better for us. See you same time tomorrow for another edition of The Call.